Welcome to the Winter Maintenance Podcast, Episode 7, Supermix with Mark DeVries. I'm your host, Dwayne Collett. Mark DeVries is the maintenance superintendent for the McHenry County, Illinois Division of Transportation. Mark developed a system to blend anti-icing chemicals that they use for anti-icing and as a pre-wet solution. Mark was in St. Louis attending and presenting at the Coyote Weather and Transportation Workshop. This gave me a great opportunity to sit down with him and talk about the blending of Supermix. Well, Mark, thanks for joining us. How long have you been anti-icing and using liquids? Um, we actually started using liquids uh, back in the mid-90s, where we were actually um, using them in a pre-wet uh, application first. We started that with calcium chloride products, um, using it as depressant on the back of our trucks. As years progressed, we, we changed our systems a little bit, um, went to actually using salt brine, and then calcium only when we were looking at pavement temperatures that were lower. But uh, that's, that's really when we got started was in the, the mid-90s for us. What is Supermix? Supermix is a combination of three different uh, de-icing chemicals that, that we have that we use in McHenry County. Supermix itself is, is made up of 85% salt brine, 10% of uh, what they call de-ice 55, or uh, geomelt as it's commonly called as well, which is a sugar beet byproduct, a carbohydrate, and then 5% of calcium chloride. What got you started in blending the icing and anti-icing chemicals? The way this really got started, and we'd love to say we were innovators, that we really, you know, we thought ahead and we're going to create a mix for the, the industry, and that's really not what happened. The reason this started is, as I, as I told you, we were using, at, at the time, two different chemicals, two different liquids. And we would go from using salt brine when pavement temperatures were fairly warm to calcium chloride when they were cold. And, of course, if it warmed up again, we'd go back to another product and vice versa, keep going back and forth. Well, at some point, we have operators out there playing with valves, and, and sooner or later, somebody makes mistakes. And if... And that's exactly what happened. And mixing um, calcium chloride and salt brine in the wrong proportions can create what we call a mayonnaise or a gel. And, you know, that doesn't flow very well and it does you no good. So the, the initial start when we're talking about getting to where we built this system, the idea behind it was so that the guys didn't have to do that. Um, that led us to how can we improve our operations and at the same time, can we mix chemicals precisely and could we come up with one where all the operator had to do was put one product in the truck and it would work at various temperatures? So that's what led us to this. And then once we, once we actually found we could do that, at the same time we were implementing a program. We were using salt brine for our anti-icing. Well, now could we use the, the mixed product at the same time? So, and, and, you know, from there that's kind of where... You know, we made improvement, improvement, improvement. So it was a number of years that it took to get to this point, but it really was uh, the product of trying to get guys to not make mistakes in the first place and try to take operator error out of our operation and, and let them just use a one-product solution that would work in all temperatures. How do you make Supermix? What our system really does, we're, we're, 
we built a manifold blending system, and, and really what that means is we have some pumps that's drawing products from storage tanks that we have on site. And we're running it through a filter system, and then we're pushing it through a panel where we can actually run it through flow meters and put very precise amounts of each product together. We run it through a static mixer and then back into a, a tank where all three products are combined. They're actually being combined in the, in the pump house, but then we run it through into a tank. And once we have it there, then we agitate it as well. So it, it's, it's really just a matter of drawing the products, mixing them precisely by, you know, by using flow meters and, and then putting them back in, rather than trying to do certain amounts of each one. And we can do that. We can do it by gallons or by gallons per minute, whatever way we would want to mix it. So you put the output of this mix into a, a large storage tank. From, from that tank then you load the trucks? Yeah, that, that's correct. We actually keep 20,000 gallons of super mix on site. We're, we're combining the products and putting it into two different tanks, and we can draw from either one of those tanks or both tanks at any one, any one time. What are your application rates? This is uh, something that we've been able to stay with from day one. In our anti-icing, where we're actually applying liquids to the roadways, we started and tried at 40 gallons per lane mile and stayed with that and found that to be very, very effective for us. Um, when we're pre-wetting, when we're actually adding it to our salt, we'd, we'd like to get 10 gallons per ton, but the capacity on our trucks usually don't, really don't meet that. Um, what, the, what the operators are trying to do is make the liquid last for the entire load, and it averages out more to 6 to 7 gallons per ton. What we have done since, though, is trying to get them some remote sites to fill at so they can actually get that application rate up. We want, we're striving for 10 gallons per ton. Do you notice any reduction in traction with uh, anti-icing applications? Actually, we, we've been uh, very lucky. This is still an 85% salt brine solution, so it dries very, very quickly. And we've used streamer nozzles since day one. And that allows us at least a foot between each stream, and that gives us some traction in the first place. What our program has done since day one, we use a follow-up vehicle behind the anti-icing truck at the same time. So we're keeping some distance between the truck and, and traffic because there's a follow vehicle. All those things have said is the answer to that is, is absolutely not. We've had no issues of any slipperiness at all. What are the residual or carryover effects of Supermix? Well, this is one of the, the major benefits we found to, to the Supermix product. And traditional salt brine, if we went out and put traditional salt brine down, it dries, it turns dusty, and, and most agencies will tell you that they, they are lucky to get 48 hours. Most of them look at a 24-hour uh, residual effect on the road before it's really gone. On all the roads we put this on, we can see residual effect after a week if it has to sit there and... Um, we've seen residual effect after an event where it's, there's still some there. Uh, we're not able to go out at this point and tell you how much residual effect is really there. And it does vary for sure by, by some of the ADTs. We'll lose wheel tracks on our 50,000 car a day roads, but uh, you can still see the residual in between where, again, on salt brine, we were, we were really losing it very quickly. So this has been one of the great things with this, and that's changed how we actually approach coming events. We can go out during normal working hours, days ahead of a storm, do our anti-icing, 
and feel comfortable that it's going to be there when the storm starts. That's been a, just a real plus to this. You said you use, you use uh, Supermix for a, a pre-wet. Um, so you make the switch then from the anti-icing Supermix to solids with a pre-wet of Supermix. It, that, that's actually correct. We, uh, we use liquids in, in you know, the two different ways. Obviously, we're trying to plan ahead of an event and go out and, and do some anti-icing on our roads. But when an event starts, um, we only have three anti-icing units right now with a fourth one on the way. We'll make the switch over uh, when the storm starts to our normal tr route drivers going out, spreading salt, but doing it, uh, applying liquid to the salt as well. And rather than try to go to any other product, we've been using Supermix on that as well. It's a one-product thing again. And we found that that's worked very, very well in the pre-wetting as well. Uh, we've had instances where we've seen pavement temperatures at 2 degrees, uh, two, and, and this is Fahrenheit. So 2 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about as cold as we get in northern Illinois on pavement temperatures, and the Supermix on the salt has performed very, very well for us, even in those low ones. So we're not varying at all from, from trying to go to you know, just salt brine or anything. At this point, we've just been using our Supermix. Uh, what uh, gradation of salt do you use? Our gradation is up to three-eighths, but it's really just what our state spec is. Um, we, we, we simply buy off the state purchase program, so we're using strictly IDOT state specs on our salt. Uh, what's your application equipment for liquids and solids? We're running 19 trucks on 19 routes, and we'll supplement that with some, some smaller equipment as well. In the anti-icing, we have three different units. We have an 1,800-gallon unit. We have a 750-gallon combination truck. That's our newest. It's capable of, of pre-wetting, capable of anti-icing, and capable of putting granular all on the same unit. And then we have one smaller 500-gallon unit. So we don't have a lot of, of liquid coverage right now. We have a 2,600-gallon unit on order right now that will supplement this. Hopefully a year from now we will have two 2,600-gallon units. Our goal is to try to use as much liquids as we can. Every one of our, our plow trucks is equipped with at least 100 gallons of liquid. Some of them are running 225-gallon units. So we're making the switch to as much liquid as we can. Do you have a feeling for what the, the minimum working temperature for Supermix Actually, we worked hand-in-hand. Uh, hand. Th this system we built has kind of been expanded across the country now. There's other agencies that have been doing this, and one specific is out in West Des Moines. And uh, we've kind of, I work hand-in-hand hand with Brett Hodney, both on the Winter Maintenance Subcommittee, and just, you know, our relationship back and forth is one where he took the system that we had, and he took it to the next level and, and computerized the system. So he's actually pushing buttons that will give him a recipe, and the recipe is made, and he can do it directly into a truck or into a storage tank. Together, we've been doing a lot of different presentations at seminars about what about this system and about the mix. And the question comes up, you know, what's the working temperature? How much did you really depress the working temperature of the of the liquid? And there's there's kind of two answers. One is yes, we've sent some things to a lab, and uh, the results that came back would be just about what you would think. It isn't going to depress the working temperature a whole lot. If you took 95% salt brine and add 5% calcium, 
95 percent is really going to be your, you know, the, the core of this. And the same thing here. We've got 15 percent of another product that does depress it. So we've seen depressing, you know, laboratory tests that are showing, you know, 10 degrees, negative uh, 10, that area for, for a working temperature, which isn't that much lower than what salt is. But in talking, and specifically with Wolf Nixon out of University of Iowa, there's another thing that has to be measured that's very hard to measure, and that's performance. Because the performance of this is different than what we're just seeing in the lab. It seems to work. Now, our, our, our results are all subjective. They're all in-house, but that's what we want to see. The drivers are seeing it work. We're seeing it work. So maybe the working temperature is a bigger deal here than what we're seeing as a eutectic temperature. So it, it, it didn't depress it a lot in laboratory, but yet there's a synergy that's happening on the road that's hard to describe, but we've really seen some good performance out of it. What are some of the benefits you've seen from using Supermix? Well, we discussed the, the residual effect, and that was a huge benefit, the, the fact that you can now go out anti-icing prior to an event and have residually it last for quite a while. That was something we found actually you know, after we were really using the product. One of the, the windfalls of this, something that we didn't expect, was you know, we were trying to make a one-mix product, again, uh, where, where the operator didn't go from one product to another. And when we were doing that, we would use salt brine, then we'd switch to calcium and back. We, we averaged about 25,000 gallons a year of, of calcium chloride that we were using. When we went to the one-mix system, we, we reduced that amount down to 2,700 gallons the first year by only using 5%, but using it all the time. That wasn't something we were trying to accomplish. The, the goal wasn't to reduce how much calcium chloride we use, but, but the truth is it, it happened. And, and since then, it's been consistent year to year that we really reduced the amount of calcium chloride that we're using, which was a cost benefit because, again, it was, a, it was a higher cost than salt brine is in the first place. The other thing is by three products being mixed together, it's less expensive than any one of the products we were using um, by itself, which, again, was a great benefit to us. Salt brine is cheap, and it's cheap because we started making it. Calcium was much more expensive, and the geomelt is very expensive. But put the three together in these, these amounts, and the, one, the cost of the one product wasn't really that bad. The other thing, whenever we tried to do an improvement, we tried to improve the system as well. So we, one of the other changes we did was it used to take us four to five minutes to fill up one of those 100-gallon tanks with liquid. We've reduced that to 45 seconds by replumbing the system, going to bigger fill stations. And we were really considering what would happen when we filled the big trucks, you know, the 1,800-gallon, how long would that take? And in turn, we've, we've really helped every driver. So now we can push trucks through quickly. We went to two filling stations instead of one, and we really reduced the amount of time. So there were a number of benefits. When we built the system, we built it to recirculate. That was a big thing. So, you know, products, we didn't know if this would stay in suspension. It really seems to have stayed in suspension very well, but we built it um, multi-dynamic so it can do a number of things, not just make the mix. So a lot of, a lot of benefits to the, to the system itself. What about cost? Uh, what's it cost you to make a gallon of of uh, Supermix? Well, cost is always something that's a it's a controversial issue every time you start it. If if someone's going to go out and actually duplicate what we did, it would be very expensive if you didn't have anything in place. Now, what we built over the came in over many years, and 
you know, we had tanks in place, we had pumps in place. So the components we were adding, adding a manifold system, adding some of the uh, of the flow meters, adding the static mixer, things like that, were things that we pieced in, if you will, as we went along. So the cost came over a long period. What it actually takes to, to do the mix, um, we figure it costs us 27 cents a gallon to make it. That's with us making salt brine in-house and purchasing the other two products. Do you know, are there a lot of agencies uh, using a blended mix like this? Well, this has kind of really taken off, and I, I want to make sure I, I approach this properly because you can buy blended mixes from some of the chemical companies now. So are there agencies that are using something that's a combination of, of some products? Blending isn't, isn't brand new, that, that's for sure. But what we did, specifically the, the mix that we're doing and the system we built ourselves, that, that was unique, and it was custom-built by us just for us and since we built that other agencies from across actually across north america have come to see the system that we built and they, they've now started building or they've built systems in los alamos new mexico and detroit um, chicago came out they're doing it colorado iowa uh, ohio is putting in some systems right now so it's really kind of taken off all across the country indiana has a system and just recently, we had a visitor from England. He, he came over to see our system specifically, went on to West Des Moines and looked at uh, what, what West Des Moines, what Brett's doing out there as well. And we were invited to go present over in England, but schedules didn't work because of previous commitments at other seminars. Uh, however, I, I believe we'll be there next year. And that, the interesting part there is basically what he brought to us was Europe has been really advanced in snow and ice over the years and this is something maybe we're ahead of them in finally so it's kind of neat that we reverse the table on this one if that's the case so <laughs> to talk a little bit about i guess public relations uh, do you or have you conducted public relations for your anti-icing program to answer people's questions of why are they driving on this dry road and spreading this liquid out there <laughs> that's a if, if you're going to use a mix like this, you have to do public relations because the public is going to come right back at you. First off, what are the lines on the road? Supermix in itself, because it's got this sugar beet byproduct, is very dark. And immediately we start getting calls, hey, your truck's leaking oil. And, of course, it's not oil. We're putting a liquid on the road. But you'll, you'll get those kind of a call. And if you don't educate the public on this, you, you know, it's a disservice to them because they don't know really what you're trying to get. And we went to radio stations and newspapers, and all of them have run some sort of article or done an interview to get the word out. We also put it on our website and, and uh, you know, any area we can to get the word out to our public. But most of the, most of the public relations things have been very positive. Uh, I think anyone that starts an anti-icing program and you're going to put liquids on the road needs to do good public relations so that the people understand it. And what kind of feedback, or have you gotten any feedback on your anti-icing program from the public? We have. Um, we've gotten some very, very good feedback. Obviously, we've had the, the calls where uh, they don't understand what it is, but, but people that have seen it and seen its effectiveness have loved it. Um, you know, the whole purpose of anti-icing is to be proactive in your approach to winter and prevent it from getting icy in the first place. And it, while the public has given us some of that feedback, our sheriff's department just loves this. You know, it's been a great thing, a great tool for them. Uh, you know, 
we're not at this point keeping numbers on reduced accidents, but they're telling us, hey, the roads are in better shape than they were before. Um, our elected people are really in, enjoying the feedback that they're getting of, you know, the roads are always in good condition. So uh, we've raised the bar, and you've got to keep the bar up there once you do it. But it's been good feedback from everybody that has given us feedback. And the best feedback is right from our operators. They're, they're now, uh, again, we, have, we maintain 550 miles of road, which is not a, a huge amount, but for our agency it's still a lot to do. And they're fighting over who's going to get the anti-icing prior to the event because they see the benefit to it. So, uh, again, their feedback has been great. They like the product. We don't have to convince them to use the product. They want to use the product, and that's been, that's been a big plus for us. Well, Mark, thanks for taking the time to sit down with us and uh, give us the benefit of your knowledge and experience. Well, I, I certainly appreciate it. I've enjoyed these podcasts in, in, in the past, and it's certainly my honor that uh, you would ask me to do this, and it's been a real privilege, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Again, our thanks to Mark for taking the time to speak with us. We now have a new voicemail comment line. And if you have a question for Mark, or would like to leave a comment about the Winter Maintenance Podcast, you can call 206-309-0845 and leave a voice message. If you want to contact Mark by email, use the Contact Me button on the website, and I will forward your message or questions to him. The reason I ask you to contact me with questions for our guests is that I don't like publishing email addresses on web pages. Spammers love finding email addresses posted on the internet, so hopefully I'll get the spam and our guests won't. Based on Mark's discussion of their anti-icing program, I would like to create a series of podcasts that focus on anti-icing. So tell us about your anti-icing program and share with us what you've learned and what works for you. Send me an email or leave a voice message on the comment line and we'll set up a time for you to talk with us about your anti-icing program. The comment line number is 206-309-0845. This podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons 2.5 license. Thanks for listening and so long for now.